Hey athletes, I'm Adam. And I'm Lindsay. And this is Burpee Nation. Burpee Nation. Oh. Should we do it again? No. Good enough. Hello and welcome into the Burpee Nation podcast. I am Adam, joined by Lindsay, as you heard in our intro. Today's forecast, running. Yeah. Oh my god, I thought you were going to bring up the weather real With quick. With a chance of extreme heat. And I was like, it's just hot. It's just just hot. We do kind of talk about that briefly in the beginning of the interview oh, yeah. that we have. Yeah, yeah. I guess I should mention who it's with. Although, Wait. I feel like these intros, not that they're not helpful, but because they're, they're we're not on the radio. They're listening to us on like a website or something. Right. So whoever's listening probably already knows who we have on. Correct, yes. But I'm going to tell you anyway. Yeah, look at the uh, picture. <laughs> right. Uh, we're going to talk to Jess O'Connell, who is a coach over at Grit Coaching. Yep, which like I feel like most OCR, maybe women, am I safe to say, Every, would like I know. I think everybody. Um, because a lot, yeah, a lot of people... Who do OCR know Faye, Faye yeah. Stenning, who's uh, her, her partner with this. Yep. Uh, so they probably know Jess as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, they do more than just OCR coaching, which we'll, we'll talk about in the interview. I don't mm-hmm. want to spoil anything. Um, do you want to give out some of Jess's like stats because they're just jaw-dropping? Yeah. Well, I mean, first things first, she was in the Olympics right. at Rio in 2016. Right. That's in huge. In the 5K. Yeah. Um. Which she placed, I think, 26th overall in the world. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, how often, and like, this shouldn't be understated, like, how often do you get to speak to somebody who is in the Olympics? Once. Yesterday. That was my first time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And like, I mean, just like thinking about, you know, her going to the Olympics in 2016 and like that, that must have been surreal, but also like, I couldn't imagine. Yeah competing in the olympics i just couldn't imagine and it's so funny because like you know we talked about the olympics which again not trying to spoil anything but when we watch it like these runners and athletes like they look like they're not that they're like calm but that they just belong there so it's so interesting hearing like her point of view being like like it's just so interesting meanwhile if that was me there i'd be like throwing up in oh the, yeah in the infield it'd be bad or something it'd be ugly like <laughs> wouldn't be good but yeah. she's used to i mean she's competed you know world championships yeah pan am like all that kind yeah. of stuff like she's and traveled kind of everywhere for races but again she kind of talks about that right. i don't want to give away too much um also yes. is the canadian record holder for the indoor 3k yeah impressive because that's an entire country yep <laughs> so canada yeah, I think I hold our household record for the 100-meter dash, but that's probably it. Depends on the day. That's true. <laughs> um, uh, 5K time is 15 minutes, 6 seconds. Same. No. Plus 6 minutes. Right. Relax. <laughs> and 10K time is 32 minutes, 22 seconds. Like, this is nuts. I don't know how you do that. Uh, and that was a road 10K, I think it said. Not okay. even on a track. So yeah. A track would probably be even a little bit. Faster, I would think, right? Yeah. Basically, she's an amazing runner and athlete and, um, you know, dealing with an injury right now, which you'll hear her talk about, but she knows plenty about that 
and you know her background and everything speaks to everything like that so yeah. um super thankful for her to come on and uh spend some time chatting with us um very knowledgeable very nice very easy to talk to yeah. um and again how often do we get to chat with an olympic an olympian and a national record holder yeah i mean that's incredible yeah incredible so we're obviously thankful for that um we do have highlight clips of the interview on our youtube page about 10 minutes you mm -hmm. can you can watch along um with the interview um but i think that's it that's it so uh yes yeah, sit back and enjoy our chat with jess o'connell are you are you still up in calgary or yes okay is <laughs> that what I'm super unfamiliar with Canadian uh, <laughs> geography. What, what part of Canada is that? Like Eastern, Western, middle? It's Western. So it's Western. um it's on top of uh, Western Montana. So very close to the Rocky Mountains. Okay, cool. Is, yes. Do you guys have like a summer? Like is it? Get yeah. Open? Yeah, it's been, uh, I'm trying to convert, double it and add 30. So I don't know, low, like 90s? Oh, for okay. the last bit yeah okay okay we have very extreme weather so it'll be minus 40 in the winter it just it swings wow. like crazy <laughs> that's, that's rough <laughs> yeah did you yeah, uh oh sorry go ahead where are you guys uh we're in pennsylvania yeah so oh, east coast cool. yeah so we're in pennsylvania um near philly not far from philly maybe like an hour away nice um, i went to west virginia university oh, okay so, cool yeah, that's right yeah we're near, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think, do you know where Lehigh University is? There? Yeah, I did cross country there a few times. Oh, okay, so we are really close to that, maybe 20 minutes. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's same thing, though. We get, like, maybe not not negative 40, but no. the yeah. winters are cold and the summers are hot. Like, we have... Yeah, and you guys have humidity, which we uh, we are very, very dry here. So, yeah, I, I was always cold when I was at school. <laughs> I never knew how to dress ever. <laughs> yeah, I think it's supposed to be, like, what, 98 tomorrow or something yeah. like that with humidity, and it's rough. Yeah. I'm not mm -hmm. about that at all. <laughs> no. Um, did you watch the Olympics at all? I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, most of it. Do you, like only watch track and field or do you check out the other events no i i watch everything i was a little i didn't really want to watch it first because i was trying to make it and i didn't so oh. it was actually kind of hard to watch and then imagine oh shoot um i'm so sorry can i just let someone needs to get in my garage and she yeah. Just yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i will be right back yeah yeah <laughs> Oh gosh, sorry guys. No, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I have a treadmill in my garage with a a light speed lift, which is like an anti-gravity, it's kind of like an alter G. What? And there's a current athlete that was coming over to use it. That's <laughs> like, awesome. Oh god. <laughs> See, when you got all the cool stuff everybody wants. I do. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like, I mean, we like we have we don't have anything like that, but we have no. like a like a pole barn garage kind of thing going on. And so we have like a bunch of equipment in there mm -hmm. so nice. anytime, like our friends are over who like to exercise they of course want to like check it out and yeah like, oh. <laughs> so, it's like yeah. a playground i know yes i know it seriously <laughs> is but um yeah so the olympics um mm -hmm. yeah like because i know like both of us like have somewhat of a running background and um so like that's basically all i'm interested in when the olympics come on I'm, like the, <laughs> the whole first week i'm like when's track and field start because yeah. it was like yeah later. So, um, totally. but yeah, I mean, I can imagine like, especially like having been there in Rio and stuff that kind of had to be a little 
weird because I guess Rio was the last Olympics <laughs> before this one. Yeah. Because of the whole uh, delay and stuff. Yeah, it was a bit weird. I, I like watching. Oh, well, like it, it's very cool to like meet these athletes after and stuff. And so I could like kind of understand it a bit more. So I would have watched more things, but I was kind of the first week I was like, oh, I'm not really into it. And then track started and I was like, oh, I don't, it's too, it's too close. Yeah. <laughs> and then I watched um, the 1500 meter heats with um, Safan Hassan's fall. I don't know if you saw that. She fell um, in the heats and then got up and like won her whole heat. She fell. Yes. The bell. Yes. yes yeah. Yep. And it just like shook me out of it. I was like, oh my God, you can't capture this in like results. I need to watch this. This is so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> what am I yeah. doing? And so from then on, I watched like everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, like what, Um, I don't want to like, you know, bring up a sour subject, but like. No, it's all good. That, that I can imagine like, that's got to be pretty tough. Like having been there, wanting mm-hmm. to go back, like, what was that kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, trying to go back, number one, I mean, it takes, you know, it took you 20 mm-hmm. something years just to get there the first time. So what was it like trying mm-hmm. to get there to go back, like mm-hmm. trying to recreate kind of that magic in 2016 and everything like that? Yeah, it was just so complicated. I was hurt and I was hurt for a very, very long time, like a year and a half and like all through COVID and I had, I worked so hard to try and make it work out. And for a very long time, there were like paths where it could have, like, if this happened and this happened, then I would definitely be on the team and yada, yada, yada. And so until like a week or two before it was over, like, it didn't feel like it was over, but all of these barriers kept being put in front of me. And like, as a Canadian, we couldn't travel to the States without doing a two week quarantine when we came back. And so that really changed everything because all of the races were in the States. And so pretty much all the Canadian athletes just said, whatever, like, I'll just eat the quarantine. I need to go to the States to race. But the problem with the quarantine is that our trials were at the end of June and you had to run trials to be on the team. And since I'd been hurt, I was like, okay, well, I'll just be ready for our trials. And that's where I'll kind of like do my piece and like show that I'm ready and stuff like that. But Canada was smart enough to clue in that like, oh gosh, our entire team has gone down south. Um, this is a problem. It's not ideal to have them stuck in a hotel room for two <laughs> weeks like before their trials. And so they made trials optional because we don't have the depth that the US does, obviously. So it's not quite as cutthroat in most events where it's like, oh, okay, well, we really, really need this to select the top three. So once they were optional, I was hooped because um I had to race a month before I thought I'd be able to, or I had to, I had done one proper 5k workout. That's my event. And like, obviously it didn't go super, super well as my first race off of one workout in a year and a half. And I hadn't now realized that that was going to be the only shot and I was not ready for it to be the only shot. So all of these things were pulled away. And so it was, it honestly just watching gave me so much appreciation for having gone there before. Cause I don't think I realized how lucky I was the first time to have everything fall into place because it's one thing to be capable and like Canada sent three very strong athletes in my event. So it's not like I'm like poo poo. It should only be me, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but it's one thing to be capable. And it's another thing to be ready at the right time in the right place in the right situation. And I was, I'm so happy that I was once, <laughs> Yeah. It's it's like, especially in this like Olympics with COVID and it's supposed to be last year and then it's this Mm -hmm. year. And like, I know 
every year, you know, you can figure out ways to peak and everything like that. But I mean, with something like the Olympics, it's hard to really get your body in that peak performance, especially if people Mm -hmm. were expecting it last year, training for it last year. And then all of a sudden they're like, Whoa, pump the brakes. We got to wait another year for Mm -hmm. it. And and now it's even going to be kind of funky, I guess, because I would assume the next one will still be in 2024. Right. So we're only going to have a three-year break. Mm -hmm. So again, these next couple of ones are going to be kind of odd, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the hardest part is the uncertainty. You work so hard to optimize every situation you can. And then all of a sudden it's like, actually you can optimize nothing because everything changes every 10 minutes. And that, I think that was the hardest part. Yeah. What was your um, experience like your, your first go around? Like when you did go to the Olympics, what was like your training like and everything? It was good. It was, it was pretty overwhelming. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Yeah. Truly larger than life. Um, I mean, I'd been to world championships before in Commonwealth games and Pan games and stuff. And so it's all sort of the same thing, but this was just different. It was just like, there are just that many more people watching. And so it felt like the first time that the community took notice and was like overwhelmingly supportive. And it was just like this big, big thing. My training was, not that different than any other major championship. I mean, <laughs> working hard, training hard, like yeah. I, I always do the best that I can, but it was just the added, I don't want to say pressure, but like emotion or just like the oomph of like, this is a big deal. This is big. And everyone actually knows what it means. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, before we get too deep into it, I do want to re- mention grit coaching. So like you do coach people, um, mm-hmm. And obviously you have to get them ready for probably not the Olympics, but they're like peak race, you know, that Mm -hmm. they have. So the Olympics being your kind of peak race at that time and being a 5k runner, a three. And did you also do 3000 or just the 5,000? Just the 5,000. The 3k is not in the Olympics actually. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm a, like a sprinter background, so I don't know (laughs) much of the distance distances, Uh, but anyway, so like, running 5k, um, to peak is a little bit different than, you know, running a 100 or 200 meter, I would assume Mm -hmm. the peak because, you know, leading up to that, you know, leading up to our conference championships, we had a meet basically every weekend and I could run a hundred meters every weekend. And I got better Mm -hmm. every weekend because Mm -hmm. I was basically practicing. Is it the same way with a 5k getting ready for the Olympics? Or do you kind of have to, you know, take a week to like dial it down a little bit and then another week ramp it up a little Like how does the training differ to get ready for something like the Olympics basically? Yeah. I mean, peaking is definitely a thing. Definitely. So racing every weekend, not going to happen. Um, yeah, you pick your and choose your races, you pick and choose the, the biggest event of the year. And then you work backwards for, this is where I need to train. This is where I need to race. What is the purpose of the race? Is it to qualify? Is it to practice race tactics? All of that has to be for the main goal, the Olympics, or if in an athlete that I'm coaching, we would use the same thing. If the main goal is to, I don't know, go to Tahoe, if they're a Spartan racer or whatever, or worlds like work backwards, how do you get there? what, what is the step rather than being distracted by, I mean, there's 50 races every weekend, (laughs) very distracting. Right. (laughs) And it's kind of hard when like this race is sponsored by a company or there's prize money here. This one looks fun because it's in a really cool place. But I think part of the Olympic grind is just knowing why you're doing something and making sure that it's putting you forward. It's not taking your energy on a tangent. Um, I think another thing that 
I probably underestimated and a lot of people underestimate is it's not just fitness that is what gets you like good results at something big, like the Olympics or any major competition. You have to be fit. I kind of alluded to that with qualifying, but it's all of it. It's race execution. It's handling pressure. It's recovering well. It's um, like keeping your head on, like again, in chaos, you're thrown out of your normal routine. People are watching, you're doing interviews, you're like being pulled here and there. You're not in control of your day. Like everything is different than normal. And you have to be able to handle that really, really, really well. Yeah. How, how hard is it to, I don't know what, if you're more of a get out fast or start slow or stay in the middle, how hard mm-hmm. is it to kind of run your own race? Cause that's something that people always say, like, I'm going to run my own race or you got to mm-hmm. run your own. How hard is it to do that under the big lights like that? Yeah. Well, distance running like the 5k or the 10k or even probably the 1500, they're, they're very tactical. So you almost never, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say you never PB in an Olympic race. And that's not true. Lots of people just did, but <laughs> it's very different from running a time trial style race where you're just trying to run a certain time. Cause then everyone knows the intent of this race is to run X standard or break this barrier or whatever. And everyone sort of works together and, and tries to help each other in the race to do that. But in an Olympic race or any championship race, it's very tactical. So you're trying to exert the least amount of energy and pass people at the right time, make moves. You don't care what the time is. All that matters is where you place to get through to the final or to try and win a medal or whatever. So it's a completely different style of racing. And it's honestly really hard to practice (laughs) because how do you simulate that in practice? It's hard. My coach would do things like he would blow a whistle. And as soon as I heard the whistle blow, I'd have to start sprinting because it was like within an interval. If I'm doing say kilometer repeats, if I heard the whistle, I'd have to start running as hard as I could. And it would simulate all of a sudden an athlete starting to kick really hard or put in a surge and then pace or something like that. But it's just not the same as the real thing. And you see that a lot with athletes who will do okay at their first Olympics or their first world championships, and then much, much better their second or third go around because they're learning these tactics and learning how to not get panicked by, okay, we're running really slow. What what does that mean? Should I start kicking really hard? Should I put in these crazy moves or what? (laughs) (laughs) Crazy moves. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's why. That's why I was a sprinter. You didn't have to think about that stuff. Yeah, I know. Like, and I'm so jealous. So easy. <laughs> well, My dad would always get mad. He'd be like, come on, Jess. Like, why? Like, your PB's faster than what you just ran. Or like, what made the final? Just run faster. But it just doesn't work like that. Because you're trying to outsmart people who on paper are faster than you. And that takes like some conniving tactics. <laughs> <laughs> It really is. I mean, there's like 5,000 meters or yeah, 5,000 meters is a lot of distance, like a lot of time, Mm -hmm. a lot of things can happen. And I know even just like running a 5k, you know, there's times where like the first mile and a half, I'm like, I'm feeling great. I'm going to do great. And then all of a sudden the third mile, I just blow up Mm -hmm. and I'm Mm -hmm. like, I feel like shit. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the same thing. Like, uh, you know, you try to like pick people off or like stay with them and you're like, Oh, I'm going to catch them later. And then you realize they were a faster runner than you and you never catch them and they beat you, but (laughs) yeah, at least least for me. um... (laughs) Okay. So I have to ask your picture, your Wikipedia picture. Have you seen it? Um, Remind me, what does it look like? (laughs) This is why we do zoom. Yep. Oh yeah. (laughs) Okay. So what happened to your knee? (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) So my knee's 
bleeding in this picture, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was spiked in the race. That's pretty normal. You're just running because our track shoes have little spikes on the bottom. Right. And when you're yeah. running in a big group like that, you just get kicked <laughs> in the knee. Yeah. I didn't gosh. even know until I was done. That happens all the time. It's not like a big gash. It's just a, just a flesh wound. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened here? Yeah. <laughs> um, so with, with grit coaching, um, is that something that you do full time or do you do something else? It's becoming more full-time. It's okay. like my biggest job right now, um, aside from being an athlete. So it's, it's grown quite a bit over the last few years. Faye and I have actually been doing it since 2017. So it's not new, but it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, especially during COVID. We're about twice as busy as we were a year ago. Wow. So it's, yeah. It's okay. Nicely yeah, expanded to the free time we had. So. Right. Yeah. I was going to ask like the balance between, you know, like training and being an athlete and then grit coaching. And I was like, I didn't know. Cause I know you have, you know, degrees that are, you know, fitness and exercise related. So I didn't know what else mm-hmm. you were kind of doing with them. Yeah. I do work at the university as well, but it's pretty part-time and I'll probably be letting it go soon. I'm doing, okay. I'm not doing neat science things. I'm just managing a lab, doing lots of equipment orders and safety things. So okay. are they going to get mad if they listen to this? <laughs> oh, they're like, you have anything to say? Like, wait a second. Yeah. You know, I haven't even told them yet. So I don't know why I said that out loud. <laughs> uh, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah. and then, um, I read too, you're also involved in the, what's it fast and female. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a really cool organization. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. So it was started by an Olympic cross country skier and she was troubled by the fact that young girls seem to be dropping out of sport more than little boys. So her, her own sister was a teen at the time and she was trying to like pick between going to parties or being a cross country skier as well. They were from a small town and it was like <laughs> path A or path B. And <laughs> at the exact same time, and she was like, oh my, this is interesting. This is what's happening with my sister. She was babysitting a little girl. And the girl said, man, boys are so lucky because they get to skateboard and girls don't. <laughs> so yeah, not cool. That's so it kind of triggered this idea in her head that like, this is not good. This is not ideal. So she founded this organization. It's also grown quite a bit over the last 10 years or so that's been in existence and its mandate is to try and prevent young girls from wanting to drop out of sport because they drop out of sport at about a rate at about eight times higher than young boys when matched for like socioeconomic factors and like other barriers. So they do it in three ways. They, um, they basically try and change culture by convincing girls that sports cool. It's fun. It's awesome. It's a good thing in your life because if they're social belonging, girls stay. <laughs> if they feel like an outsider or they don't feel like they belong, they quit. Um, they try and preach health. A lot of girls are afraid of getting hurt or injured. So they do a lot on like nutrition and recovery and stuff like that. And they also lead all of their sessions and whatnot. So they do workshops and like, like interactive sessions and stuff with these kids. And they're all led by national team athletes. Cause the third pillar, I guess, is that these girls have role models. So if they can see, okay, cool. This, this older girl woman has done this. I can relate to her or like, she's my friend now. And she went to the Olympics, yeah. stuff like that. Oh, that's <laughs> that's cool. awesome. So everything's online. Um, it was last year in the past we had these, like we do workshops in schools sometimes or with sport groups or even these great big summits where there'd be hundreds of little girls. that would like all meet each other from all different sports. 
it was tons of fun. I met other athletes from other sports too. So yeah, really a win-win. That's, yeah, that's amazing. Cool. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think we've come, I mean, we've, we've come a long way since, you know, 10, 20 years ago, but I mean, there's still a long way to go. So I think things like that really help out. And I think that's, that's really great. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just probably pretty rewarding too. Yeah. yeah. It's, I always leave just like so tired, but like so happy. <laughs> that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, this is random, but I had this written down. Um, okay. cause I was reading on your, uh, Wikipedia page that you were like in Ireland and other places. Um, do you have a favorite place that you've been that like running took you to? That one's hard. I know I'm asked that all the time and I, I need a canned answer because I, I was like, oh, but I really liked going here, but I liked going there. Um, I went to Morocco twice in eight months. I remember flying away and oh. I was like, well, don't know if I'll ever be back here. And then I was back eight months later. And when, when was that? Uh, 20, 2015. Okay. Yeah, I think. It was awesome. Oh, it was God. so cool. <laughs> so what, what brought you there? What race? Uh, the first was called the Continental Cup. So they had two athletes per continent, like the Americas, Europe, Africa, and um, Asia okay. per event. And it was just this like wow. really, really cool kind of end of season Grand Prix type thing. And then um, eight months later, I was there just for a, for a big meet, <laughs> another okay. meet. And it was just so fun. I remember like the stands are full of people. They're like fireworks and like kids crawling everywhere. And I was like, yeah, this is the life. Like this is the dream being in the stadium full of spectators. It was so cool. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't, the answer wasn't Lehigh. (laughs) It was not Lehigh. I'm sorry. (laughs) Pennsylvania. It's not my favorite place either. Um, well, you have a, and I'm going to, I'm going to read it cause I'll, I'll screw it up. If I try and remember what it was, you have a master's in, um, is it clinic or no, I'll just let you tell me. Cause I'm <laughs> oh, exercise physiology, right? Yeah, just exercise but, physiology, but yeah. you're also a clinical exercise physiologist, right? Yeah. It's, that's just like the, the certification, kind of like the board exam type thing in Canada. Right, but it's the highest, right? For it is the highest. This. So yes, don't the don't, under, standard. don't undersell yourself. <laughs> yeah. I was um, um, putting in some professional development credits for it today. I was like, oh, the gold standard. <laughs> <laughs> Did that like translate to your own training at all? Like, do you think it gave you an mm-hmm. advantage in any way? I don't know if it's given me an advantage, but it's given me a lot of enjoyment because I understand why I do things, and I'm very curious about. Um, like just training theory and training techniques and, and like, I, I like to understand what I'm doing and why. So there's, there's like our, we at, at athletics Canada work with a really, really famous, well-known, very well-spoken physiologist. Um, and I just love talking with him because he's always finding new ideas and communicating them really, really well. And I can understand what he's saying, which I appreciate um, thanks to my schooling. And so I think that it, it makes me appreciate why I'm doing something that would maybe seem a little bit different um, when we change things. And, and then I'm more likely to buy in. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I mean, I know a few athletes who, you know, for schooling, um, those who have degrees mm-hmm. did it in a, 
some sort of, um, you know, exercise or that, that line of, of, um, you know, degree is that from the other athletes you've met Olympics or, or otherwise the other Canadian athletes or other world athletes, is that, is that fairly common to see? <laughs> Super it- common. I think people go into university thinking, well, I like I want to learn more about them. It's what I do. And then they find themselves in a kines program. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I figured that was even like nutrition, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of that. And I did a sport management minor, which is not science based at all. Relax. No. (laughs) More event event kind of stuff. I think we put on like a 5K or something. That's valuable experience. Yeah. Yeah, It was totally cool. (laughs) I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. Did that help you with like your, um, uh, like with grit, grit coaching at all? Like what? I think so. Um, yeah. Because it's one thing to like understand my own training, but it's another to then give it to other people. Yeah. So like with grit, the reason why we started it was because, well, Faye is my good friend, the the co-coach and very well-known Spartan racer, also a good runner. We grew up together. And when she first got into OCR, she's like, no one knows what they're talking about. Like, I don't understand. There's, there's like a lot of like, Instagram type fitness going on here and lots of people who are kind of first movers, but they're sort of just making stuff up, <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> which is like, it was a new sport that that's what happens. Right. Um, but I, I was like, okay, well, I think that I could come up with some good training from my experiences, my education. And that's really what we've tried to do with the business is just make it like very evidence-based, very science-based and like, like make it good stuff, like the sort of stuff that athletes that are doing Olympic sport get the like people who are hiring, like educated professionals, (laughs) like that's what we want to be. And that's what we aim to be. So I think it certainly helped there. I know how to find information. I know how to understand information, read through things and think critically and, um, and then apply it. (laughs) Yeah. Are your um, athletes mostly like OCR or do you have some like strict runners? Yeah, we have a mixture of both. Okay. Um, no sprinters. The The lowest we have is um, the lowest. The shortest <laughs> distance we have, we have one miler, but 5K is about the shortest for most people and then up to ultra running. Okay. Or what, ultra distant OCR. <laughs> what like age range? Like, do you have anybody really young or older? We've had a huge range. I'd say the average person is in their 30s or 40s. Okay youngest was um 14 oh wow I, I don't really like I mean kids are definitely case by case because if they have access to a track club like right there and that makes sense then I don't want to pull them away from it but in some cases it makes sense to hire a private coach mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then our oldest has been 78 and he finished his first Spartan race last weekend. Oh my We're gosh. not working with him anymore, but it's one of our um, athletes' dads. So oh, cool. she hired us um, as his Father's Day gift last year. Oh, that's so cool. That's amazing. Do you mm-hmm. know what one he did? Uh, Asheville. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh my yeah. God, that's awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. 78. Mm-hmm. If I can do this, it's That's going to be you. Yeah. If I can do this. <laughs> Halfway there, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, what, what can athletes kind of, you know, for anyone listening, who's interested in, you know, getting, are you guys accepting new clients? I guess that's step one. (laughs) Yeah, we are. We're getting pretty full. So I don't know how much longer we'll accept people for, but we are still taking a few more on. 
Okay. Now that you stumped on my question. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what can athletes kind of expect um, from grit coaching, whether it's uh, Spartan or just strictly running? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the biggest thing that I think we do that not every coaching program does is we custom make everything. Like you, you call us up, you say, this is my life. These are my needs. This is, these are my goals. This is where I am. And we're like, great. And then we like type out your program. We're not copying and pasting te- templates. Like we're giving you training for you <laughs> made for you, which I think is, is truly best practice. Like that's what I expect as a track and field athlete. And that's what I'm looking for in my own training. And so that's what I want to give others. Yeah. I mean, so, uh- I've seen some yeah. programs out there where it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, everybody do this on Monday, everybody do this on Tuesday, but everybody's at a different level of fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, that's a, a great tool to have, you know, mm-hmm. cause then it can kind of, um, as you get fitter, hopefully, um, it mm-hmm. can also kind of adjust to that. Totally, totally. And people just have wildly different needs and different backgrounds. And so it's, it's, I think it's impossible to serve everyone with a one size fits all. And that's not what they want either if they're hiring a personal coach. So so that's not fair. Right. Yeah. And I've, Um, I've seen some like, you know, online, not even programs are just like, Oh, if you want a couch to 5k or or whatever it is, I mean, those are Mm -hmm. like, the thing with those is like, you like got day by day training, plan. right? You got to be really careful with those because it's a really good way to get injured if you're not yeah. being too careful. Because yeah. like some of the stuff I saw, I'm like, you know, one of my goals personally is to run a faster 5k. Like I want to get my 5k time down because it'll help me obviously in, in races. And like, mm-hmm. you know, some of the stuff out there, it's like, Oh, run, run. This is your speed. Run these workouts for speed workouts, run these workouts for threshold workouts. I'm like, if I do that every week, I'm going to hurt myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, you're giving me there or they're giving out mm-hmm. people to people paces that somebody who probably runs oh, it's 50 miles a week or something mm-hmm. like that can do mm-hmm. or already runs pretty darn close to whatever the goal five. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Or can they do that? Like, like right. you don't know, like, unless you vetted them, like, did they just whip that out of their butt right? Right. Right. Like, yeah. and make it sound good with like speed work and whatnot? Like we get wildly different answers when we ask people, like, what do you do for speed work? You get everything from mile repeats to 30 second intervals. And one of those I think is great. And the other, I think not so good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And that, that's just it. Like the other thing that you get with coaching, personal coaching is you get a mentor, you get a coach. So coaching is not just following a training program. It's communicating with someone and bouncing ideas off and planning for races and training and whatnot. And learning how to pace yourself, how to like approach a race and and execute a strategy and recover well and stuff like that. So that's the coaching piece as well. Yeah. I'm Mm -hmm. sure it's helpful too. Like I've seen, you know, also again, things online that are like, you know, run, run this smile at like your 5k time or whatever. They're making things like this and you're Mm -hmm. like, I don't know what that is. They just know buzzwords. Right. Right. People don't know. Threshold. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of these workouts I look at and I'm like, if you were, if I were to try and do them and I was being honest with my 5k pace, which I know very, very well, I wouldn't be able to do it. Cause yeah. it's, right. it's not, this is just a made up workout. Right. <laughs> like, right. Right. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure it does still happen, um, on any training program, you know, 
sometimes people get hurt and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So how, how do you, how do you guys um, deal with that kind of thing? Because it, it can be difficult to continue to train and not lose fitness while being hurt. Yeah, that's, that's a good too. question. It is discouraging. Um, I have been hurt. This is a good question. I didn't even plant it, but I've, <laughs> I've been hurt so many times that I actually wrote an ebook on recoveries from injury for, um, for runners. Wow. It's free. It's totally free. If anyone wants to read it, I just like wanted to share what I've learned from rehabbing injuries and cross training through injury with everyone. Cause I spent so much time doing it and I found it so hard to find information myself. Like everyone's heard of people who come back stronger from injuries and I had to basically trial and error how to do it. So it's on our website. It's called the backup plan. If you just Google it or go to our website, you'll find we'll, it. We'll put the link in the description yeah, for anyone to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Ebook is a generous term. It's like a really long document, but the font <laughs> is big. I promise. <laughs> That's but, amazing. I love that. <laughs> with that background, um, it can be like, not, I feel very comfortable giving people really effective cross-training workouts because I've done them for so freaking long. <laughs> um, so that could be water running or biking or elliptical or whatever, different breakups of intervals and long days and easy, easy days and stuff like that. So if they're motivated and that's what they want to do, then that's absolutely an option and they will come back much fitter than if they did nothing. But you're right. It can be really hard when you're injured and not everyone wants that. And Sometimes people need to take a break or step away or focus on something else for a little bit. And that's fine too. I like to eat a bowl of ice cream. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) And then Uh, get on the elliptical. (laughs) While eating it. Um, What's uh, out of curiosity, what's like the hardest, I guess, injury you've had that you've had to come back from? Hmm. Well, I'm currently in one, so I'd say that one because I've been hurt for about 18 months, which is Ugh. insanely long. But I have this this nerve situation going on. I don't even understand, really. <laughs> um, trying to sort that out. Um, I also had a concussion once. I crashed with someone on the track and then hit my head on the ground. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was really bad luck. But that one was pretty hard because... I mean, cross training is not fun, but at least I feel like I'm moving myself forward. But with a concussion, you can't do anything. I just had to kind of wait yeah. for it to pass. And yeah. that was really hard, just feeling very helpless. Yeah. Need it out. People, yeah, people don't think like track or cross country is a contact sport, but mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> yeah. I, I, even in the Olympics, I see people throw elbows. Look and at the knee picture. Yeah. Spikes, spikes, <laughs> spikes catch you. Great. Um, I don't want you to give away any trade secrets here, but what's, what's like your favorite speed workout? You mentioned, you know, the different kinds of speed workouts that you've had people come up to. You're only asking this for yourself. No, I'm just curious. (laughs) Um, Who's the athlete? What sort of athlete are we talking about? You, like for you personally, like when you're. For me personally? Yeah. Uh, My. My. Obviously your paces are going to be different than, you know. (laughs) Yeah. My bread and butter. Um, like 5k workout is six by a kilometer with like two to three minutes rest at pace. It's a good fitness test. I mean, I've done that so many times and I know if I can run this for this many kilometers, then I'm probably in this shape. So that's good. But my absolute favorite workout in the whole world, it's a little complicated. So bear with me, (laughs) but um, 600 meter breakdowns. So you run a 600 and then everything adds up to six. So then two, three hundreds then three 200s, then another 600, then three two one, then another 600. 
and then a four and a two and then another 600. <laughs> it just kind of keeps going on and on and on. But I like it because I think my coach never really clued in that there's way too much rest in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell him. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, it's, that's one of the hardest things with doing speed Mm -hmm. workouts is like wanting to take that rest so badly and Mm -hmm. not being able to. Yes. And at least like in Canada, you can do one kilometer repeats or two kilometer repeats at a certain kilometer pace and figure it out. But we don't use the metric (laughs) system (laughs) and I have to Google everything. (laughs) Every time I'm like, okay, two kilometers, that's like one and a quarter mile. Okay. (laughs) What does this mean? (laughs) Right. What what language is this? Um, All right. There you go. Jess O'Connell. Ta-da! Canadian everything. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we didn't ask her about Canadian bacon. Wow. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That was a (laughs) curveball. No, we actually didn't talk. We didn't get a chance to talk about this because I like that was, I mean, we planned for usually 20 to 30 minutes and it usually runs over that. Um, but I think that was about 40 minutes yeah. of nonstop action. So we did not have time to talk about, uh, her and Faye actually do a podcast yeah. called the Nitty Gritty Podcast, yeah, which we didn't right. get a chance to talk about. So right. check that out. Um, I think that's part of the Obstacle Racing Media Network. Yeah. And um, they have, um, on Grit Coaching, like on their site, they have like a media section where it's. I think like all of the episodes that they've been in on like yes, different podcasts I too. Think so. so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so gritcoaching.net, yep. um, grit underscore coaching on Instagram, Jess M. O'Connell on Instagram. We will put these links in the description. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks again to yeah. Jess for coming on. Yeah. But yeah, if anyone wants to get, you know, coached or trained by an Olympian. <laughs> again, how often can you say that? <laughs> Who's your coach? Uh, just an Olympian and right, no national record holder. Right. That's it. Yeah. And she said that they were still accepting new clients. Yeah. That's uh, it sounds like they're awesome. booking up though. So right. if you do want to take part in that, I would uh, act fast. You should ask to get a job there. Accurate coaching. Yeah. Doing what? Just Janitorial work? Yeah. Because I could not coach. That's for sure. You can You can do it all. Right. Do you, do you need a I'll janitor? teach people how to. <laughs> do you need someone to take out your trash? <laughs> I can do that. I can do that well. You could speak to that. Yep. Um, and like she mentioned, she wrote um, that ebook, yes, the backup the plan, backup plan, which is free. Free. So nice. She said you can Google it. It's also on um, their website, Grit Coaching, and it's also in the description. And it's in the description. Um, but it's basically like cross training options for injured runners. Um, and I looked it up quick, and she has, like, different chapters that you can kind of, like, breeze through. So it's not just, you know, 27-page PDF. So right. it's in PDF form. Yeah. Um, so you can read different chapters, but I think that's awesome, especially For to sure. be free. Everybody gets hurt at some point. Everybody, yeah. And, like, the last thing you want to do is stop working out. Yeah. At least like us. And if you're listening to this podcast, probably you too. Right. You know what I mean? So. Right. Um, and it's from experience. Like she said, I've been hurt so many times and wrote this from experience. So it's kind of nice. Yes. And by the way, she, she's like, I didn't even plant this question. Like she, I know. she didn't tell us any questions ahead of time. So yeah. she's not like trying to like promote herself. Right, right. Right. Those are all, 
So we didn't we didn't even have we didn't even send them to her ahead of time. Some people no. want the questions ahead of time. Yeah. She didn't care. She's like, I'm gonna roll with this. I'm a roll. <laughs> um, so before we get going, uh, I do want to mention we are going to be doing Decafit New Jersey next month, which yes. is really exciting. Um, Decafit was nice enough to give us a code to give to you guys listening. Um, if you want to run in New Jersey or Austin, this code this code will get you twenty percent off. Just use Burpee twenty. Uh, for twenty percent off your registration, and like that is, I don't think I've seen too many like deals, yeah, per se on Decafit stuff. So like twenty percent's a good chunk, and it's not as expensive it's, as it's a Spartan not, like, race. It's not like huge yet, right? You know? So New Jersey or Austin, if you're going and you haven't signed up yet, um, I believe I don't know if that's just for the Decafit. It's a whole trifecta weekend, so that might even work for the Deca Mile mm. and Deca Strong. They have that weekend. Speaking of Deca Mile. We will be doing one in Yardley this weekend, yeah. Yardley, Pennsylvania, uh, at Underlying Strength. So we're going to do that, or I guess, yeah, um, we're going to do that one. Uh, we'll talk about it next week. We will have like a little video on our YouTube page for it uh, just to kind of show you because a Deca Mile and a Deca Strong, most of those are at like local gyms and stuff, local affiliates. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everyone's going to be different. Like it's it's like a different venue every time, basically. So... Uh, we're going to show you that. We're going to show you the venue, how it's set up, how the deck of miles set up. Um, or at least one of them. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Subscribe and everything. Um, but, yeah, so DECA, a lot of DECA stuff coming up. Yep. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Um, but, again, Burpee 20, 20% off DECA Fit New Jersey or Austin, which is pretty sweet. Yep. And I think we might even have some of the DECA Fit like co-founders on the podcast in the future we're kind of working on that so that'll be fun working on it yeah so uh but that'll be it for us today that's it thanks for listening if it's your first time thanks for checking us out if you're returning thanks for coming back yeah uh i'm actually just thankful Lindsay comes back every time sometimes i'm not sure he bribes me with ice cream yeah i mean that's an easy way to do it it really is (laughs) Uh, All right, so we will get going, and we will see you next time. Bye.